Welcome to Art & Company. I'm Alette Simmons-Jimenez, a Miami-based artist and your host on the program. Thanks for joining me in my studio near the center of the Miami art scene, where we have great conversations in the company of amazing people who drive and support the arts that shape our city. I hope you like what you hear. If you do, head on over to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, click on a search for Art & Company Podcast, and give us five stars and maybe even write a little review. We'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them with our guests on an upcoming program. So don't be shy. And now, here's today's episode. This week's episode is part of our couples series. We sat down in the studio with Gustavo Matamoros, a renowned sound artist, and his partner, Claudia Ariano, sometimes a collaborator with Gustavo, but primarily a graphic designer with a growing business. You know, there's a long and winding road to discovering the essence of what art, in capital letters, is, especially today. This episode, we gave it some thought and put it into a lot of words. Have a listen, and if you have any thoughts of your own, just send them our way. I wasn't planning on jumping into this, but you That's were okay. just talking about voices. When we sit down to talk on a podcast, usually the first thing everyone says is, I hate the way I sound. Yeah, right. So tell me, tell me what you were explaining so to you, me. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you don't like your uh, voice, and, and what it is is our perception of our own voice, right? Mm -hmm. Is different when you hear a recording of your voice. And why? From the from the experience of when hearing your own voice as you speak. Right. right? So right. while you're speaking, you're hearing two elements of your voice. Uh, and the recording is only catching one of those elements. Mm -hmm. So when you're speaking, I hear the sound that comes out of you, you mm -hmm. um, alone. Mm -hmm. And the recording captures that. Mm -hmm. But uh, added to that, for you, mm -hmm. as a person who's speaking, you also hear the sound inside of you. Okay, so if you plug your ears with your fingers, right, uh -huh. and, and try to speak, you will hear your voice. And inside, the outside. but without the outside, right? So then, when you when you yourself hear your own voice recorded, voice. recorded on the microphone, is missing that element. And I think that we sometimes say we don't like our voice on the recording because something it's seems to familiar. be missing. I had never thought of it like that. So um, welcome everybody. We're here with a new couples episode. We're here with Gustavo Matamoros and Claudia. Ariane, introduce yourself and say what you do, really. Well, I'm Gustavo Matamoros and I am a sound artist. <laughs> <laughs> and what is sound art? That's kind of like a, quest, a quest, big, very big question mark. Yeah. Right. Because you do cover a lot of things as a sound artist. Well, I mean, uh, for me as an artist, it's been, that question has been present from the very beginning. Right. You know, what is it? What is art? And what? How far can I push it? What are we doing here? And, yeah. Who am I and what am I doing yeah. here? And when do I, I step out of art? <laughs> Actually, that's when I think that I'm closest to what art actually, I think, is. Because in, it, in essence, I believe that art has a function. And you know when it's fulfilling its function. I mean, it's, it's kind of, for me, it's like an intuitive thing. I, that's, makes me, I think, I think I know when I feel like I'm making art. But I've introduced myself, yes. so maybe. No, no, now we're gonna go to Claudia, because now Claudia, I yeah, wanna yeah. hear what you do. 
Uh, well, I'm a graphic designer, or I have slowly evolved into graphic design from being a stylist in the, in the past. Uh, um, I worked uh, um, in production of catalogs, um, and also as a fashion stylist in television production. Nice. And then gradually from being sort of like, I would say an artisan, um, evolved into, I wanted to, in a way, tame the, the technological beast. <laughs> say technology was a challenge for me, so say, hey, why not, you know, right. be a graphic designer and left to learn software, which for me was always a challenge, and you know, here I am. So tell me, what's the name of your company? Uh, yeah, Ariano Graphics. Ariano uh, Graphics. So with an X at the end. With the with X, X at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I'm freelancing now, and I'm in the process of learning web design. You know, I'm uh -huh. self-teaching myself. You know, that's the other, the next challenge. <laughs> is design? Yeah, that yeah. is uh, such a difficult field because it changes. You read one thing one day, the next day there's something new mm -hmm. invented that, you have to that keep changes up. everything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so complicated, very mm -hmm, complicated, mm -hmm. I find. And um, where did you study? Uh, I studied here in FIU in Miami-Dade. Uh, I actually went back to school like in my 40s, early 40s, to learn graphic design. And I, it was a quite uh, interesting experience being surrounded by millennials. <laughs> <laughs> It, that's part of the education, maybe, at the same time, because you're going to be out in that field mm -hmm. where they're going to be working, mm -hmm. so it's best to know your, the competition, right? But it was very symbiotic, I found. You know, I had something to learn from them, and they had right. something to learn from me. Of you course. Know, you know, so right. um, it, it, was, it, was, it was good. It's a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Gustavo, where, where, what's your educational background? Where did you study? One reason I came to the United States was because I, I was, you know, being in Venezuela and thinking oh, of... Oh, so you're Venezuelan? I'm from Venezuela. I didn't know that. Venezuela is an underdeveloped country on its way towards development, right? So we're, we're getting better, we're trying hard. I don't know exactly what it means to cross the line between underdeveloped and developed, you know, but, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I, I want to move there and, and looking, you know, for me, the United States wasn't necessarily where I wanted to go. As a matter of fact, artistically, I had more influence from England and, and, and European thinking, which, which actually was seeping through Venezuela the same, with the same energy that, that American you know, influences were coming through, um, especially in the media and all that. But, uh, but what attracted me to the United States was this what I thought was the tradition of the United States. And the tradition of the United States was not a tradition of the past, but a tradition of the future, a tradition of invention, of, of solving problems, or of you know, being ingenious, ingenuity, you know, creativity, ingenuity, you know, but leading the way. Towards, yeah, leading the way towards progress, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that in that kind of environment, I could imagine that my tendencies, which eventually I discovered, was to be an artist. But I was an artist already, you know. <laughs> I was doing, what I was doing was art uh, all along since I was a kid. So I just, you know, had no ability to compare what I was doing with what I thought art was, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I was certainly uh, doing it. So, so um, coming here, you know, was about that. And 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 then being in an environment that that promoted that attitude rather than than you know how I felt in Venezuela. Um, formerly, I studied at the University of Miami. That's where I got my degree in music theory and composition. I studied with uh, uh, composers there, like Dennis Kahn, and John Van der Slice, and 
and at first with a very interesting guy that wasn't very famous for being so interesting, uh, Barry Brosh. Um, when I got there, he was my first composition teacher, teacher, and then he left that position to take on computer science, and he, I think, even ran the department at Miami Day College. So he was very much interested in this idea of, of uh, uh, synthesizing sound in digital, in the digital domain, right? So, so in other words, shaping waveforms. So, so, so abstract to that me. Was, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's yeah, what and all it was. It was kind of like saying, you know, okay, so this is, uh, you know, it's, it's akin to, to being interested, say, in, in texture, and, and maybe I, I would imagine in the visual arts there's, a, there's a, an analogy if you're, you know, just basically combining substances in order to come up with some new medium that allows you to like do this or that, right. you know. And right. So, well, um, there's a lot of sounds around here as you can hear. Now we have a I train going sound. by. <laughs> I love the sound. Of the we train. have the, the milk trucks warming up their refrigerators in, in the back of the studio. And that we is probably have great. a train going by. So <laughs> yeah, the, we have the sounds of the, of of the, the area. Environment. And a few days later, right here, I took a moment to insert a piece by Gustavo. It perfectly complements the moment. This piece was commissioned to celebrate the 85th birthday of Pauline Oliveros, an American pioneer in the development of experimental electronic art music. It's composed of 85 audible moments in the span of 85 seconds. a free reed instrument. Yeah, you know, it's and interesting, a of right? I I think, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that a beautiful sound? It's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. What I like about it is that Miami is not really a pedestrian city, so like having the proximity of the sound, you feel like you're immersed in the city. Like mm -hmm. when you go to New York. Right. That is one of the amazing things about living in, in any big city in if big you're city. you know you're sitting in your living room and the sirens and the this and the that everything the world is happening it's right so outside the window which is an interesting thing I mean I do I love hearing um, the world churning mm -hmm. as I work through my day yeah I, I was gonna add that you know that very sound that we heard uh, is a good example of you know I mean there's the, the obviously it was someone right who was probably an engineer who designed this this horn, horn for the right? train. <laughs> and he probably took a lot of time to try to figure out how to make that sound what it is based on whatever criteria that that is. In my case as a sound artist would be well, you know, I think that should be a sound that's actually that fulfills the, its function which is alert but then at the same time to be something that's actually uh, urbanistically appropriate. 
something that's, you know, it's like basically, you know, the, the church bell in the old cities was a sound that was designed and people would, you know, basically devote their lives to the designing of bells. Oh my God, okay? yes. And, and you know, and there would be the master bell maker that, you know, and, and people would ch cherish the sounds of the bells. Why? Because they had to hear it every Sunday yeah. or every day. It was a way to, to tell time, right? But within that, there's a certain artistic aspect that we could debate whether it's, uh, it belongs in the category of design or in the category of art, right? Mm -hmm. And today, for instance, I feel like uh, there's so much more interesting stuff happening in design than in art. Right, and that's one of the things that I'm not alone in saying that. Like uh, this was the kind of conversations that uh, we were friend, friends with Vito Conti, who died recently, maybe a, uh, a year and a half ago, when we first met, which we met here in Miami. Our first conversation was exactly about that, really? about how, how you know, I mean, what's happening in art is not as interesting in terms of. So the fulfillment of its, of it's, its the, thing, you know? I think it's such a um, realistic turn mm -hmm. of the mind mm -hmm. that you, that art can have a function. And then when art has some sort of function, apart from enriching your life just on a visual level or on a sound level it also serves in other ways and it cannot it doesn't necessarily diminish right the art because it right. it serves a purpose in well, your day i think that that's very strong mm -hmm. you know for an artist such as vito to be interested in design you know and he explained to me basically he's not really a, he wasn't really a visual artist or a or a designer even, or anything mm -hmm. like that. He was first and foremost a poet. So his whole thing, you know, including performance, was about taking the poetry out of the page and into the world. And, you know, of course, it's experimenting with what is it that, that what, what, th what do things mean Okay, so for instance, the, I think in the realm of art, there's a particular function to art that may not be, that may not reside within the context of the, of linguistics, okay, of language. And I think that's precisely what I'm trying to get at, is I, I think I sense that, that art has a particularly important function in society, but that is that function is fulfilled in in a context that's to me, as a sound artist at least, is, 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 reside outside of language. Mm -hmm. And that our we we uh, especially in the present seem to have this tendency to want to explain things with words. Uh, and to find, you know, the truth, and to be able to say, I know what the truth is, and it's this. And, and I know blah, what blah, this blah. art is about. Y exactly. And sometimes you really don't. And you and know, not words. or that art, or that the function of art is as simple as saying, well, I'm going to do some community service here, and I'm going to do this, or maybe, you know, I'm, I put a sculpture that people can see, and, and it's going to mean this, and people are going to become so aware of particular issue, I, I don't see it. I don't see that being a very effective use of the potential of art. What really defines art? You know, what, in other words, what's the essence of art? In, in, our, in, our, in my field, you know, we come from, I, I come from a perspective that basically was kind of guided by some of the thinking that John Cage was doing, right? Influenced by Cage was this movement of Fluxus, right? Mm -hmm. And those guys started doing performance, basically. But the whole thing came out of this 
experimental music class that, that Paige was doing at the New School in New York. And then many of those people who started that movement were students in that class. Uh, George Breck and, and Dick Higgins and people like that. First of all, it was a, an attempt to try to, to, to get the art outside of institutions, right, into the streets. It's like art is kind of taking control over the art making and what was happening to the art and all that. They were after figuring out where, where does the essence of art lies. Is it light on the notes? Is it light on the violin? Does it light on the, on the way somebody plays? Where, where, where else is it light? And, and so, you know, I mean, I see this uh, tremendous connection between that and abstract expressionist and minimalism, you know, they're all sort of, you know, kind of where outside it, of the politics, lie, right? outside of the politics, you know, what to me gives, gives tremendous amount of power to those gestures and outside of the people and personalities, the work itself to me points at a quest, you know, trying to figure out where it does the essence of art lies, of a piece of Where art. Where is it, yeah. Yeah, what makes a piece of art important. So, so, so tell me, back to what you were saying about today and design is mm -hmm. so much more well, interesting or what did you say? It's more interesting so because it seems as though designers are clear about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And because of that, they are capable of, you know, art, and anything such as that is not about, about the past as much as, as it is about the future. Mm -hmm. In other words, I think part of the function of art, which is intrinsic in art, is evolution, right? In other words, the human race evolves out of its, its activities in art and science, right? So science, you know, manifests itself through technology and art helps kind of put into context certain gestures. Uh, in other words, I always think that art has to be at the avant-garde. Well, I think to me, to me <laughs> science is like based on fact and right. data True. and then art is based on the absence of fact and data. It's uh, like the future, like you said. It, well, it doesn't need fact and data to exist and and be. Um, well, I mean, uh, but that's a different. That, but that's a different thing altogether. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Well, because there. <laughs> because fact and data are are kind of like the materials, the things that you use in order to make science. But right. science does not happen. Because you of know, fact, because right. of the. Data, yeah. you know, the data is what lets it's us know that, the, that yeah. the data is what lets us know that the world is warming up, yes. and that you know we need to do something about it. So, but what is it that we're going to do? About it? So, what is What is the role of science in solving that problem? Right? That's the science. That's yeah. That's important. Uh, same thing with the arts. But the thing with the art that I see right now is that art is extremely literal. You know, it's about commentary, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, how much commentary can you take? Huh? So we live in a commentary-based society, which I believe is kind of like a loose thing because it never gets deep into anything. It's always there's always a, a, I mean, the dynamic is a is a dynamic of of of. Uh, it's not even conversation because there's no listening happening. What's happening is people want to say what they think. That's it. That's always happening. And there's more and more people. And John Cage <laughs> said, "I have nothing to say, and I am saying it." <laughs> and that's one of the biggest things that he tried to write. Now it's 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 kind of odd because it's it's it's, it's exactly out of those ideas, you know, John Cage. Duchamp, you know, right. that all this stuff that's happening now kind of grew up out of and this notion of 
conceptual art, you know, being what it is today, I don't think that was the necessarily the intent. It went off on a it the went wrong, on a tangent, wrong tangent, which is basically right. it, it was the tangent. The tangent is why because I think the the art world is being actually um, is responding to a dynamic that it's, it's so it's almost like looking at itself as though art is a thing to be looked at, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I, I should say, you know, of course, I'm saying these things and I'm saying them myself. So, you know, I'm not necessarily speaking for anyone else. Yeah, no. Although I am talking about conversations with other artists. But, you know, now you're beginning to have sound as a, as a medium, and, and universities are encouraging visual artists, right, to think about sound as right. a material and, and all that. I think this is really fantastic. Uh, especially they have now departments that are that focus on on technology based uh, you know the exploration well, of media and the computers help us all yeah exactly be able to access what exactly, we need to right. create yes. sound like I have even mm -hmm. created sound in yeah. some videos it's yeah, like yes. a tube of paint to me yeah, sound yeah. is like just another exactly. material and an element that I can use maybe not to any great genius level because mm -hmm. I haven't studied sound and mm -hmm. all the complexities of it. But I have an ear that can can hear things and I think it's so interesting to use it as I do, like a tube of red or blue or yellow or what do I want? But you just described, you know, a strategy for working with sound that comes from a, from a particular, uh, I mean, as a visual artist perhaps, that's the strategy. You know, when you go to music school, school, they teach you other ways of organizing sound, right? right? That are based on criteria that doesn't necessarily have to do with with controlling sound, with fixing sound, for instance, on, on tape, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You, as a composer, you can think about, you know, okay, so a bunch of notes, and you have to write them down on a piece of paper so that a violinist or someone else can play them. Right. So you're right. in a different kind of uh, strategic context. Right. Right? And so that's one thing that you could use to differentiate what we understand as music from what beginning, was beginning to emerge as sound art. Right? Mm -hmm. That may be one possible difference between the two where you have certain kind of strategic ideas for making music and then the the strategy for sound art is a little bit more akin to the strategies that you will use to manipulate pain right. you know and this and that which is more you know I, I think in sound art what I like about it is I'm not necessarily a, a virtuoso violinist or anything like that Mm -hmm. uh, or, I, or do I play any instrument to that level? But what I enjoy most about working with sound is being able to work with it. And what gives me the ability to do that is recorded sound. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I put the sound onto a microphone and I all of a sudden have the ability to manipulate it in the Push same it way that and, yeah. a sculptor or a or a painter would be able to do. It's like magic. Exactly. Uh, uh, making art, you know, with recordings. Yeah. You know. When I first, you know, began to think about that, or not even mm -hmm. think about it, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. use it, right. was when I was experimenting from, with my very first, like, video or whatever, mm -hmm. when the ability to do that came into my path. Right. And because it was there long before and I just sure. wasn't open to it. But um, it, it began, you know, what, it, what happened to me was it was like opening my toolbox uh, and besides paint and brushes and then suddenly there was light and, and, and color pass, uh, light passing through different colors and then movement mm -hmm. of objects across the screen was like mm -hmm. another, just another tool and then, then came sound and I sure. you know it's like I don't know anything about I'm tone deaf remember yeah I remember <laughs> you like, said that yeah. I can't do sound <laughs> that would be insane because you know oh my god but I played with it and I 
was very apologetic about it, but I didn't stop. Right. I liked it. I liked what I was doing. You know, the outcome to me was fascinating, even though I felt very in it, you know, about it. But yeah. but it is a tool, and it's a wonderful artistic tool. But one one thing to actually keep in mind is that those people were <clears throat> in the radio. There, they were composers. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So 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 the, so they're the one. The you know, sort of the first ones to realize the potential, right? The the plastic potential, you know. Plastic. Right plasticity of uh, the situation. In other words, they, they began to make art rather than music. But why? Because they were, maybe they had access to the tools and, you know, not only that, but they also had the mind set that was ready. That's you know, the, to that be the key. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. they saw it. So basically, this is the birth of experimental music. What know? year was that? This is 1950s. 50s? You know, yes. Mid 50s. Okay, so um, one last one last thing one last about thing, that. Okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in that context, right? Uh -huh. I perceive that, and and one of the going back to that conversation with Vito Conchi and the relevance of art and all that, when the community, not necessarily the artists, begin to express themselves and do things in ways that are even more effective than what artists themselves are, are doing, then art is not fulfilling its function. In other words, there are citizens in the community who are, practice perform, are practicing performance art and all this social commentary that's supposed to be happening in the arts and doing it much better than the artist. That's when you, can, you have to say, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you're that's, right. That's what my point is. And you know, is. there's a, a lot of, of discussion about that exact thing between all of the artists and the community. I hear it all the time. I'm guilty of saying it myself is that there are so many people making art yeah. today. Mm -hmm. You open so a newspaper many. and mm -hmm. everyone is an artist today. Yeah. If everyone can be an artist. Everybody's yeah. a photographer now. Yes. Look at that, you know? Exactly. And some of them are really good. Yeah. I mean, and so you sit there and you go, it's true, the, actually the sense of the artist is lost. So what's the function of art? Yeah. Well, maybe we fulfill our function. Maybe the function maybe was to try to get society to all become an artist and, we, and maybe, we're there. Maybe we have succeeded. I think we're there and we succeeded <laughs> and now we have, we we have, have defined ourselves out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do? Okay, now tell us what we do next. Ah, see, that's that's yeah. a good question. That's yeah, a good that's, question. Yeah. No, what we have next? to. What next? Yeah. Well, I think. You're gonna make me think all week now. <laughs> oh, well, I've been thinking about this actually a lot mm -hmm. lately about you know my work and like huge change, like a huge di different direction. Mm -hmm. So it's because I, I don't know, it's true. I feel like I've been going in circles and I'm done. Like mm -hmm. this, this, what I'm saying is mm -hmm. kind of done. If yeah. I'm going in circles, I've done it. Yeah, I'm exactly. Back to the beginning and I'm going to do it again. And I've yeah. done this all, this circle has been done a couple of times in my, you know, lifetime mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. And I feel like another circle, why, mm -hmm. why, why not another direction completely? Okay, so this is why I think listening is very important. Mm -hmm. You know, a listening stance is about, you know, kind of stop and, you know... Rather than so much commentary. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know... Right. Yeah. Okay, so um, let me ask you then, because we could go on, I think, I could listen for like another three hours. It could be a <laughs> long podcast. Very long podcast, right. So I do also want to cover some other things, like as a couple, um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me, like I, it, it, it makes me, when I see that you two like live together and this, like, does he ever let you talk at home? Oh yes. yes, I have to give like a, I say in Spanish, golpe estado, coup d'etat. Oh, yeah, a takeover. Actually, actually he's very quiet at home. He's oh, very, really? Yeah, yeah, mm. and he's more of, he's more into sound, 
and I'm very visual. So I'll give you an example, like, I don't know, like in the morning, like when I'm looking, I read all the news and right. just listening to the news. Oh, yeah. So, so that's kind of like the dynamic that goes on, you know. Okay. So, so how, did, we you, how did you be? You were here in Miami? In Miami. It was here. nothing extraordinary, but all I can say is that I'm thinking about it. Like, I was sort of a, like a free spirit, like a little butterfly going around the world with my yeah. ex <laughs> existential thoughts and here and there. And, and I met Gustavo and, you know. Where did I, you meet each other? Uh, I think it was in a restaurant. In a restaurant. Oh, yeah. He was with, another, with a date. Oh, he was on a date with someone else. <laughs> well, I mean, a date uh, can be. Uh, it, that was a professional, you know. Yeah. So there was a system connection, I think. Uh, you know. And I, you were already working. In... I was working for Discovery Networks Latin America as a stylist oh, yeah. okay. for a couple of their channels, and you know, I just you know, I thought he's very creative, very creative, mm -hmm. cerebral. <laughs> which I'm not. I'm very romantic, he's not. So there was this. <laughs> but I think we sort of like, sense of humor was like a glue, you know. We, oh, we both, yeah. That's very important in our lives, like sense of humor. We're both very politically, you know, inclined with, you know, uh -huh. there's a, that's a big part of our lives, you know, we talk about politics. Yeah. Um, and we sort of, although he's more, he says he's an anarchist, which I, to, to this day, I, really can't really understand what he means by that, you know, in the <laughs> traditional sense of the word. Yeah. Well, I'll interest the anarchy with Yeah, and, uh, and we have our differences, but we more, more or less we're in line, you know, right. politically. Um, and like sense of humor, I would say like when we're in a situation with a group of people, like I would say nobody laughs at Gustavo's jokes, I'm the only one. <laughs> So it's, it's good he has you <laughs> to have the person, the yeah. audience to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Well, she yeah. understands me, I know. I yeah. understand. So she gets where you're That's coming from. That's a big, big, big. I really do understand. Tremendously big, you know, reason. Well, I think because we're, we're together. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the comments that you make and that I've, I've known you for a long time, but not really close. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that he does make comments where I would be like, hmm, what? <laughs> what? Exactly. Was that funny or was that, you know, it's but hard to read, but she reads I, you. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. She not only reads me, she actually uh, also <coughs> speaks the same language. In other words, when, right. we, when we talk, it's not a one-sided conversation. No, you know, and Claudia, right. and Claudia will, will describe things, you know, and it would be the same thing. I mean, we laugh about, you know, I mean, I'm as surprised by her things as she's surprised about mine. Yeah. Know? But so, so Gustavo, you, you told us you're from Venezuela originally, and and I'm from Colombia. From Colombia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. But we and both, we have a, you know, we both also, you know, he came in the early '70s. I came in the early '80s. So it's been very similar, you know, um, upbringings, or I would say, you know, or assimilating the yeah. city and. Ex very similar experiences. And what, you know, and as, what uh, when you were in Colombia as a kid, was what was your experience there? What was that like? Uh, artistically, were you kind of creative then? Were you, you your know, family creative? My family was a traditional family, but having said that, very musically inclined. And I have to oh. say that up recently, I just had sort of like a revelation and I remembered uh, from my childhood, my father, and then I, I'm sure like psychologists are going to come and analyze this or whatever, <laughs> but I do remember my father, he was a radio aficionado, oh. and he would listen to, um, he, he belonged to like a worldwide club network of people that were, you know, talking on the radio and then they would mm -hmm. talk in codes and, you know, and it was very interesting to me. But I sort of had it in the back of my mind, and then I told Gustavo, you know, my father, he was obsessed with sound. And also, I do remember having, we had a studio uh, in our house, very psychedelic, very typical of the 70s, with the shack rug and everything. Right, of course. <laughs> and my father had these uh, asacintas, which uh, like a 
hybrid. Like reel to reel. Reel to reel. With sounds of airports, in the airports of airplanes, oh and this and that. And That's so like, and I was like, bizarre. Yeah, and of course, the connection. Mm. It She's was. It was. Yeah, she understood. Else. Like a lot of the maybe the 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 things that you talk about that other people would be like. You know, it just wouldn't be interesting. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. could relate. You know, a lot. So that's that's kind of. And kind then of on my cool mom's thing. side, my mom was a singer, and oh. she recorded actually some albums over there. She never made it like really professionally, but she had, you know. Uh, like she, she was on TV, she sang on national TV a couple of times, mm -hmm. she was invited. So, uh, so that was my sort of like my upbringing. And, um, and you didn't feel that inclination yourself? I always, you like you were saying before the podcast, I wanted to play the guitar, but I guess that was not my calling. Or, yeah. <laughs> but I did, music for me is huge, you know, it, mm -hmm. I have great passion for music. Mm -hmm. And I think that was also one of the reasons that I was drawn to Gustavo's world, mm -hmm. uh, which was also, it's been a blessing in my life because um, uh, through the years, you know, uh, being exposed to, for example, the festival and all the people that have come or passed through my right. life because of the festival and what Gustavo does in the city. I've been able to, you know, uh, enrich, I would say, like my palette, right, uh, and discover more complex sounds, you know. Right. Uh, so. And it's like it just reinforces your your love of music and yes. sound and everything, and mm -hmm. even in a, in, on another totally different level. On a totally different right, level, which is very exciting. I think that that that's a really key thing to to life in general is just to reach these other levels of our interests, open doors all the time to and something And the quality new. of people. And the, well, I mean, they come with that other level. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. but, but I think that one thing that, that's actually, for me, you know, very important, and I think you're trying to communicate uh -huh. that, Claudia, is, is it's not just what they're doing, but it's the people themselves. Exactly. You know, and how they navigate their world. I mean, how, how, what's the stance exactly. in the world? How, you know, how they, yeah. How they deal with How life, it, it, it different. It, it, yeah, yeah. That's, that is, is like, it's you an, know. An example, it becomes examples, you know. Right. Like well, it, it's it, their lives it's that so are educational. important. It, it, I mean, the work is important, of course, but it's actually on a human level. <coughs> that's the, what that's is so interesting are the stories. That's mm -hmm. where, you know, I always try to focus the podcast on, um, the work is important to me too, of course, mm -hmm. because it is an art creativity-based podcast, but mm -hmm. I'm interested in the lives. Yes. You know, to me, I'm interested in hearing the stories and how you, like you said, how they traverse their their boundaries and how they have mm -hmm. made what they do. How did they do it? Yes. You know, how did they really come about that? Mm -hmm. Because I think... Well, I think some, some, some of this is like, is like people's own personalities and and focus, you know, uh, within and outside of their practice. It's who they are. It's who they are. It's who they are, and 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 that and revelation it comes through in their art also. Yeah, their yeah. art is almost. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's a reflection of who they a, are. Yes, it's and really. Really? Yeah, That's exactly. The, okay, so See, we're getting to <laughs> we're getting the there. essence yes. of what art is. Because right? it's not just the output. Exactly. The output is a, a result. The end product. The end product. The, yes. But the moment of doing, the thing that which depends exactly. on the person, mm -hmm. because the moment of doing for someone else would give you, the, if they start at the same point, yeah. with the same materials and they go off, it would be totally different mm -hmm. because depending on that person's life and everything that makes it up. Mm. So that's to me the importance is the, that underlying um, psychology that mm. drives them to the end point. You know, I always, Intriguing. <laughs> I always tell Gustavo like when I, when I had the experience of being concerts in concerts in the festival, you know, in electronic music, they do a lot of like laptop 
you know, right. work. Mm -hmm. And I can always tell without being, you know, a person I've been training music or stuff, I can tell it's something that transcends. I can tell when somebody's really um, an artist or there's some soul to it, then the person is just like a computer programmer that is manipulating the computer. And I can it's always different. tell, I feel it. Yeah. You know, I intuit, you know. Right, right. And you have collaborated in a, in a way in your your uh, field mm -hmm. in the graphics you've collaborated with with Gustavo. We haven't even touched on the festivals and on oh, what you have done. Well, I used to be uh, to have a studio at Art Centers of Florida, um, and I had How that for many yeah. years. Many, uh, right? Well, I started with the sound installation outside the building that was mm -hmm. sold. Mm -hmm. um, I was asked. I was commissioned by the center to come come in and, and do that project. And it functions daily, right? It's well, it did. It oh. did. Well, okay. it did until they sold the building. Oh, they that was in the 800 building that was that, sold. That was the 800 building that oh, was sold, right? Okay. So, uh, but um, while I was running that project, I requested to have a studio, and so they gave me a studio, and I, I from that studio, I would generate content for that sound installation that was in the facade of 800 building. Um, and that happened for about four or five years something like that, until they saw the building. But I, I had already started a different relationship doing things in my studio, which was basically organized uh, uh, opportunities for people to experience what you do, the music, right, or the or the sound art, and I do that in the context of public events. So I started organizing concerts in that space, and I called it the Aliotech. And the Aliotech basically became the studio became known as Aliotech. You know, at the time the Knight Foundation was coming up with this challenge grants, right. and I thought, well, you know, hey, Maybe. you know, this <laughs> yeah. this could be a very good project for this. And in fact, it was. So uh, they supported it wholeheartedly, and uh, and I was thrilled to begin this relationship with the art center, mm -hmm. uh, which to me was kind of like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 some people wondered, you know, why was I so interested in the art center, and. Uh, to me, it wasn't what the art center was so much as the potential of the kind of interactions that we were that you needed, talking, that you wanted, talking right. about doing. Right. Wow, this, is, this could be really, really exciting. And it was. And now I have put myself, you know, a, a few months of sabbatical, basically. Right. To be able but, to come to you and right, do this exactly. interview. Exactly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled that we caught you at this moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe it would not have happened otherwise. But um, so, what's uh, what are you guys planning next? So you're you're working. Actually, by the way, because you say what are you guys planning, next? Claudia's function in this okay. project was particularly important because she she I mean even though she's been helping me. With, uh, with you know, she she talked about being a graphic designer. I mean, her contribution to this audiotech project specifically, you know, uh, and and many other things. But 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 I think this project became really unique for me, both me and and and, and for Claudia, and in a way that I had not been expecting. In other words, a lot of the stuff that I've been thinking about for 35 years, they saw, all of a sudden they click into this situation mm -hmm. that, you know, basically the space, the feel of the space, mm -hmm. the whole thing. I mean, including the, you know, the, the visual. There's something, you know, very important about so, the visual aspects and the physical yeah. aspects. But, it, but, it's, but I also feel it, it just tr transcends that. I mean, it felt like a home. I was telling Gustavo, I'm very sentimental. I go, you know what, I, I miss the audio tech because it did really felt like, like a home. It felt like a place where, you know, 
a lot of people, interesting people would converge, soulful people would mm -hmm. converge. And There's a thing about spaces. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, so abstract, mm -hmm. you very almost abstract. cannot decide to do it. Exactly. You can't say, we're going to make this very harmonious so people will walk in and feel at home, you know, mm -hmm. like you said. But I think there's something about the feeling that goes in and he, this partnership in that was so perfect, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so balanced on both sides mm -hmm. that it, that was like the perfect storm it happened. Yeah, yeah. Where it made that, that feeling that you get. And, and I've seen you, you felt it in other places and you don't feel it in mm -hmm. other places. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it is a quality that is, it's very abstract and most people don't think about it uh, consciously. Mm -hmm. It like runs through their subconscious while they're there and you know it makes people come back yes exactly it makes a it, place it, it, we did successful. have a following of people like yeah. hardcore people yeah. that, you know and there. for them it probably felt like home too yes you know so it's a thing even though i'm not a curator i'm not an administrator i'm not any of the things but i've had a career that seems to exemplify that of someone who's actually an administrator, an arts administrator, and a curator, and all these things. Yeah. In other words, but why can I do these things? Well, because I'm an artist. Yeah. I was not trained in any of those things. Yeah. But the reason why I can do it is because I, I find it's part of my DNA. I have to, in other words, I then heard John Cage again say he, he he was good because he he could put into words things that you know I find myself sometimes difficult the verbalizing but you know he would say well look you know I learned early on John Cage said that I wouldn't consider a piece done until it was performed mm. so this idea Perfect. that you know <laughs> that a piece is not finished until it was performed is something that I have been living through, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I was not just simply interested in hearing my music right. be performed. In other words, my job was not necessarily to make my music known to everybody, but, but, yet, but instead to try to digest what experimental music is in a community that has no history with experimental music or sound art, which are the things that I'm interested in practicing and then try to contextualize that in a way that people can uh, experience it and experience the best of it. I mean, so that they have a chance to make a relationship with it. You know, you can present something just, you know, any which way. You have to do things with heart and with quality and with, you know. Right. And that's the only way, really, people kind of care about that. And so. As far as the future is concerned, both of you are continuing on your same roads, right? We plan to stay together. Yeah, yeah. you plan to stay together <laughs> yes. for a little while longer, and then and then for um, audio tech. You know, uh, the way that I'm uh, interpreting the the gesture, uh, it became kind of like a maquette, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a it's a maquette of of what is possible. The so possibilities. The possibilities. Yeah. In other words, if it worked in that scale, it worked. But um, but where I where I to do it again, you know, it might actually work better in a larger space, slightly larger, not that much like mm -hmm. larger. Coming, that was the first thing I saw. Like open space, thousand right. square feet. Right because of the couple of the configurations that I was actually um, experimenting with, one of which happens to be a pyramid, where you have three, three sides and, and, a, and a top. So, um, which I, is what I believe is the very minimum necessary to, to create uh, the sensation of, of 3D. And sound, okay. So you know, <laughs> it's basically We're, for those who can't see us, Claudia and I are <laughs> looking at each other, raising our eyebrows and looking at each other like what? <laughs> so you know, the thing is, in, in order to 
help uh, generate that, that sensation, it's not about the attention being placed on a single aspect or element of the thing, but on the thing as a whole. It's like talking about, you know, what makes a, you know, a Gothic cathedral, you know, work. Well, it's not just architecture, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's the way, they, yeah, it plays with light, it's all the acoustics, it's, it's all kinds of different oh, things yeah. that happen. Of course, you could bundle all that stuff into the word, word, word architecture because everything is contained within it. But, but what's happening is not simply the product of a single uh, focused content-based thing, you know. I think that art has something to do with that. You understand? You know, it's that the purpose of art is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not to say that, you know, I'm not particularly religious or anything like that. But I'm a spiritual, mm. and I think that for me, art is a exploration of the spirit. Maybe I, I feel like I have to hold it in my hand and feeling it. Right, it's as important as as the vision, visual. Mm -hmm. in, in in other words, it's as though the information do, doesn't all come through one single no. point it's of the entry. It's experience of which is holding it. It's not every no, not everything that you see is all there is. You have to touch it. You have to feel how heavy it is. Mm -hmm. And the more information you gather about the thing you want to know about, the closest you feel to it. I consider that what I do is always an experiment, right? I'm not working with things that all, all other people have made before, and I'm trying to make them better. No, I'm trying to look for things that actually no one is thinking about and see if I can find some kind of solution for this. So it's always an experiment. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Mm -hmm. And Was there I something think... that you, we didn't touch that no, you wanted no, to touch? No, no, we with? touched everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that... I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's... I think that we're going to all be anxious to see what happens and how you two are going to continue. come together and continue this new iteration of, mm -hmm. of what you know what you did before the experiment we, with the the yeah, um, audio tech well and how yeah. it was we like want, a home yeah we want to integrate it even more into our lives this yeah. is the choice yeah. now mm -hmm. you know before was a practice and an experiment and a model a maquette mm -hmm. and now and this may just be another maquette and there may be a third time or more, but yeah. it, I think we're gonna all look And there may be other to... things. All, all of these, and you know, it's interesting that we're drawing to a, to a close, uh, uh, that, that it's a feedback loop. It's not, in other words, it's not simply about one, one kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, like a me poking and then something coming back. But you, I think as an artist, really, when it becomes art is when it has an impact on you and it, in other words, when it changes your life, right. okay? So, in other words, so being an artist, I think, is also being will, willing, uh, having, having the attitude that whatever you're doing is an experiment, but it's an experiment that is honest only when you're willing to accept the results. In other words, that the result of your experiments actually biases the way you live, okay? That's when you really are, uh, feel that you're making art. Thanks to Autoncion Band for lending us our podcast music, Dano Instrumental, recorded and mixed by Alexander Mogouti. Go to autoncionband.com to listen and purchase. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I think you'll agree our guests make great company. We'll be back in two weeks. Art and Company is recorded in the studio of artist Alette Simmons Jimenez, that's me, located just north of downtown Miami, where I record, edit, and produce all the episodes. 
Images, links, and more details on our guests from this episode and all others can be found on our webpage, artandcompanypodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you rate us on iTunes and let us know what you think of the podcast. And of course, subscribe to make tuning into our next episode easy. Thank you.